Good morning, church. How's everybody? Welcome to North Star. We hope that you've already been welcomed, but we hope that you've really uh, sensed the sweet spirit of the Lord that's in this place. And uh, we, we hope that you've come today expecting God to speak to you. Amen? North Star is a place where everybody is welcome. Nobody is perfect. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> North Star is a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect. Say it with me, and anything is possible. If you believe that, give God a praise clap this morning. We welcome those that are joining us online, and for a season, we have a campus pastor at Tupelo Campus that's bringing the message, and uh, I'm, I'm going to be bringing the message here. So normally when I say, um, make some noise for those uh, wonderful folks at the Tupelo Campus, make some noise, do that, uh, they absolutely did not hear that because we're not streaming. But uh, we're excited about what God is doing at North Star, and I'm glad all of our mission teams are back, made it back safely from Southeast Asia, and made it back safely from Haiti. And so we're, we're excited that, that the gospel is being taken around the world, and that by being a part of this church, uh, you have an investment, you, you have invested in lives around the world being changed and touched because of your faithfulness. So I'm glad to be a part of, of that kind of thing. I'm glad to be a part of what is happening at North Star. A uh, couple of things before I get into the message today. Uh, one, if you were here early, you saw the, the promo of uh, Pastor Troy Goss. Pastor Troy is planting cross-culture community church in New Orleans, and uh, he will be with us next week, uh, not next week, but the last Sunday of July. Please pray for him and pray for the work that uh, those guys are doing down there. It's incredible. There's a bunch of church planters in New Orleans, and we have partnered. We're the sending church for Pastor Troy, and so you can find uh, more information in, in our foyer. There's a, a board that has um, information about Pastor Troy. We've taken several trips down there to, to try to serve alongside of him and his family and his church. And we'll be going back. And uh, this is a, a, a partnership that, that we have. Also, on August the 19th, August the 19th is our annual Serve Day. Last year, we had over 30 different projects. We've met with our city mayors, and they, they have given input as to some, some needs that the city of Saltillo and the city of Tupelo uh, have. And so we, we just went to the, I just went to the, the mayor and said, look, we just want to serve. We just want to be of a blessing and, and serve. And... Uh, I, again, I'm glad to be a part of a church that wants to do that. Amen. So on that day, August the 19th, uh, we're going we're gonna to saturate uh, our areas with uh, serve projects. 
And we're going to have just a, a great time doing it. Can I get an amen? I said we're going to have a great time doing it. Can I get an amen? All right, good. I'm just trying to warm you up for, for what's ahead. All right, now you'll be able to sign up beginning next week for uh, Serve Day. All right, and you'll find uh, a project that, that, that fits you and that you can be a part of on that special, special day. Are you glad you came to church today? All right. We're in a series called A Life That Follows Jesus. Now, I want to encourage you to do something. If you've missed, don't raise your hand if you have, but if you've missed one of these, this is week four, I believe this is week four. If you've missed one of the four weeks, uh, of course, you're not missing today, you're here. But if you've missed one of these uh, uh, messages, services, I want to challenge you to go to our website and, uh, and listen to those messages. Because these messages, I'm telling you, um, God has just really done a work in my life as, as I've been working on these and praying through these messages. And a life that follows Jesus, it is really, really important. So my challenge to you is that you'll go back and you'll, you'll, you'll pick up the one that you may have missed. If you have your Bibles, please take them and turn, and we'll read in just a minute, in John chapter 21, John's Gospel chapter 21. We've been talking about what does it look like, a life that follows Jesus. Some of you today are, are very close to becoming a Christ follower. So what does that look like? If you're not a Christ follower, uh, hopefully in these messages, you, you've been able to see, oh, this is what a follower of Christ uh, does. This is what a follower of Christ looks like. Last week, we talked about three potential disciples. They're potential because uh, we, we're not sure, but we probably are thinking that they didn't follow Jesus. One, Jesus said, the birds... The, the, the foxes have dens, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man hath not a place to lay his head. In other words, uh, if, you, if you follow Jesus, uh, it's going it's to change your definition of what home really means. And then he, he tells another guy, follow me. And he said, well, well first, l l let, me go, um, let, let me go bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. And the, the final one said, okay, I, I follow you, Jesus, but look, <clears throat> I just want to go back to my safe place just for, you know, to, to tell my friends and my family, bye. And Jesus said, you can't look back. You have to look forward. Now, when we say follow Christ, I'm talking about this was the job description, okay, of these disciples. They woke up when Jesus woke up. They ate when Jesus ate. They left when Jesus left. They, they slept when Jesus slept. It, it was their bow. It was what they did. They followed Jesus. We have this misconception. We have, we have learned something in our culture that has caused us to make the assumption that following Jesus is something that happens on Sunday, all right? But not on Monday. I'm talking about 
these guys who actually, literally, physically, visibly followed Jesus. And then the, the last uh, command that Jesus gave, he says, you now follow me and make disciples. The disciples went from, from 12 to 70 to 100 to 1,000 to tens of thousands to millions and now billions of people have followed Jesus. What does it look like to follow Jesus? I want to say, first of all, and please put this in your notes, it is not always convenient and it is sometimes dangerous to follow Jesus. It's not always convenient and it is sometimes dangerous. Our our creative team, we were talking about this sermon, and, and in America, we have a difficulty wrapping our brain around the fact that following Jesus is sometimes dangerous. We think, okay, so you go to Southeast Asia, or you go to uh, a, a place like we saw in the video that Karen Watson, where she lost her life, and we think, okay, that kind of following Jesus is dangerous. You're going to go to a part of the world that's, that there's uh, unrest. We can wrap our brain around that. But we live right here on the belt buckle of the Bible belt, and we have a hard time understanding what it is like to follow Jesus. We can understand it may not be convenient part, but we have a difficulty in understanding that it is sometimes dangerous. It's hard for me to articulate what following Jesus would look like and to stand up here on the stage and to tell you that it's dangerous. The very anything can happen, we know that. We live in a culture that's messed up because our culture and our society as a whole does not know Jesus. Anything can happen, even right here in North Mississippi. But the truth is, the best that we can come up with would be, uh, if I follow Jesus, uh, I might lose some friends. I might have to change my lifestyle. The ver at the very best, we don't understand what it means that it is sometimes dangerous in following Jesus. Let me just set up the passage and uh, kind of give you the background of the passage that we're about to read. Peter had been following Jesus. He went with him. He ate with him. He followed him. It was a genuine relationship. But Jesus had predicted or, or, or told Peter, Peter, you are going to, to deny me three times. Peter said, no, not, not me. Guess what had happened? He denied Jesus. The last time that he denied Jesus was with a junior high girl that was sitting by the fire. She saw Peter come up and she says, hey, you're one of them. And he was scared for his life. You know, sometimes I call Peter cussing Peter. It's because of this instance. The Bible says that he cursed 
Cussing, thus, I call him cussing Peter. That was the third time that he had denied the Lord Jesus. And now, uh, Jesus uh, had died. Peter didn't know what to do. So, he went back to what he did know. This is what I know, and that, that is this. There are going to be days when you are thinking, can I really do this? I'm telling you, if, if you're going to be a Christ follower, there are going to be some times that you're going to be honest and say, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know that I can keep following Jesus. The truth is, sometimes that as we follow Jesus, there are times that we have taken time off. Can I get a witness? There are times when we follow Jesus that it doesn't look like the, the day before that we followed Jesus. What it looks like is that we take time off. And you see, following Jesus is not just something that happens on weekends. Following Jesus is not something that just happens on Sunday. Okay, I got my Sunday fix. And then, you know, I might be a part of a small group. I might read my Bible or pray before I go to bed tonight, and then, bam, you wake up and it's Monday. And so, we have so compartmentalized our lives that we, we, we label our lives, whether we verbally do or not, we label our lives, this is my church life, and this is my work life, and this is my vacation life, and this is my go home and eat supper life. The reality is, hear my heart, we are spiritual beings. And it's not a, it's not a, a do it on Sunday, do it on the weekends, and I'm somebody else. If you're going to follow Jesus, we follow him 24-7. Lord, you lead, and I'll follow. It'll, it might be difficult. And this is the kind of morning that Peter was having. He was having the kind of morning that, I, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And so what Peter does, he goes back to what he knows. He's a pro fisherman. Six of the other disciples go back with him. And they, they're, they're out there fishing. It's, it's all they know to do. The, their master, their savior, their messiah, they watched him die. They, di they didn't fully understand it yet. So they go back fishing. Now, Jesus is on the shore. Now, Jesus, this is the resurrected Jesus. Uh, he, he had been buried, and on the third day, he rose from the dead. He, he appeared to different ones, over 500 people before he ascended, back, uh, ascended into heaven. This is one of them. They had no earthly or heavenly idea who was talking to them on the shore. This is what he said. Hey, uh, have y'all caught anything? No, we hadn't caught nothing. We've been fishing all night. Wrong kind of bait. It ain't happening. He said, uh, they didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus says, throw the nets. And by the way, this is reminiscent to another time 
where Jesus and the disciples were on the water. Jesus said, throw the net on the other side of the ship. And the Bible says that they threw the net on the other side of the ship and they caught so many fish, they didn't think they were going to be able to, to, to bring them in. I think it's unique that John tells us how many fish? 153. Why not 154? Why not 220? I don't know, 153. Jesus, they finally recognized that, oh, this is Jesus. This is the Jesus that we saw die, and he's come back to us. You know, one time Peter uh, was in the boat, and he got out, and he walked on water. The, this scripture says that he got out and he swam to Jesus. I'd like to think that he probably did some high-stepping before he swam. Because the Bible says that he ran, he went to Jesus. What does, what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus is pro-breakfast. I'm not. I can, you know, I, I, seldom do I eat breakfast. I know that's the most important meal of the day. Um, my eating habits are, are kind of odd anyway. If, if the fried okra had been left out overnight, then I'm probably going to eat breakfast. Okay, you don't have to understand that. Um, I, I can eat cold spaghetti. I can eat anything cold. I don't have to have it warm. That's because I'm not pro-breakfast. Jesus is pro-breakfast. He said, come on, boys. He said, I'm fixing to cook some breakfast. And he had plenty of fish, 153, and he makes an all-you-can-eat all breakfast for these disciples. The passage that we're about to read is what takes place afterwards. A life that follows Jesus. John chapter 21, beginning with verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, uh, son, son of John, do you love me more than these? I'm going to come back to this, but notice the word love. Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yeah, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, I want to stop right there because you've got to understand the, the words that Jesus was using. He said, do you love me? And the word in Greek is agape. That is God's love. That's divine love. That's, uh, it, it's his love. How can we measure how great and how wide and how the, the breadth and the, the width of his love? You, you can't measure it. It's his agape love. It's uncondi unconditional love. Jesus said, do you agape me? Peter's reply all three times, I phileo you. The word phileo in Greek is a word for love, and it's, it's the word for brotherly love, friendship kind of love, phileo. 
The city of Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, phileo. So Jesus said, Peter, do you, do you, do you love me? Do you agape me? Peter said, I phileo, I phileo you, Lord. Of course. He asked him again, do you agape me? Peter answered him again, I phileo you, Lord. The third time, this is why Peter was hurt. Jesus said, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you even love me like a brother? And so each time he says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. And he says, as we continue to read, he says, In verse 18, Verily I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. To understand what that means, read verse 19. Jesus said this, to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? What about John? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. Now, Jesus had not said he was going to die, was not going to die. Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only asked, if I want him to remain alive Until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. I'm going to come back to verse 25 later in just a moment. So here's... The passage where Peter is, uh, he's, he's, he seems to be concerned with, with John. There are three observations that I want to make in this message today. Please write these down. When you are following Jesus, number one, you realize that we are following the same person, but we are not all on the same path. Let me say it again. We're, when you're following Jesus, you're, we're all following the same person, but we may, may not be on the same path. I'm not talking about the path of salvation. I'm talking about the daily path of following Jesus. There's only one way to be saved. Jesus said it. He said, no man comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible says... Uh, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to be saved. What I'm talking about is that day-by-day experience, that day-by-day existence of following Jesus. 
I can't, I can't uh, impose my pathway. <laughs> the truth is, as I follow Jesus, sometimes, uh, you know, for some people, it seems like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them, they're following Jesus. They're not just going through the motions. It's not, just, it's not just a Sunday thing. They are truly following Jesus. And there's sometimes in life that I see people whose pathway is wider. It's, it's asphalt. And as they're, it's brighter. It's cooler. And as they're following Jesus, it looks, I look at theirs, and it seems so simple. Then I look at my path that as I'm following Jesus, as I'm trying to be obedient to him, sometimes uh, sometimes I can see it, and sometimes I can't. Seems like sometimes the path that I'm on is difficult. I told you last week, following Jesus is not all smooth sailing. Sometimes it is dangerous. Sometimes it is difficult. We've all heard stories like I'm about to share. You know, Samantha, she's going to, be going to Amsterdam to do mission work. She's trying to raise money to go, and she's going to, and you hear somebody else say, what's she going to Amsterdam? Who goes to Amsterdam to be a missionary? She needs to stay right here and win people to Jesus right here. Classic church, churchy opinion. The reality is, her pathway may not look like your pathway. And what we need to do, we, we don't have to understand that she's going to the mission field, but we do need to support her. Or you fill in the blank. As I'm following Jesus, I discover that I try to limit what God can do. So when you follow Jesus, and you're, you're following Jesus, not somebody else's path. Don't limit your path. Don't say, well, I can't. I'm, I'm following Jesus, but uh, I know I can't go to the mission field. I, I can't do this. I can't serve. I can't work with screaming kids, bless their heart. And we limit the path that God is taking us on. You know, following Jesus is not a 50-50 proposition. You're all in. And I'll tell you something else. When you follow Jesus, it changes your life. When you, when you truly follow Jesus, though your pathway of following Jesus might look different from mine. As you follow Jesus, your life is transformed. Don't tell me that you're following Jesus and your life's not changing. You may be like Peter and have relapses. But Peter got right back on track. He said, uh, and you know, I, I, frankly, I would have taken it a little easier on Peter. I would have told him, Peter, you're going to, man, you're going you're gonna to have some good days. You're going to really be glorified, uh, bring me glory. 
Peter, Jesus jumped right in and he told Peter, this is how you're going to die. You know how Peter died? He was crucified. And he was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be uh, crucified the same way that Jesus was. So your pathway, what, this is what Jesus was saying. Peter, don't you worry about John. I'm God. I'll keep him alive as long as I want to keep him alive, but that's none of your business. Uh, John did live to be a, a pretty old man, and he died on the island of Patmos, exiled. But what Jesus was trying to reveal to Peter about Peter was that, don't you worry about somebody else's pathway. I never understand why people want to get on an airplane, fly around the world, tell people about Jesus. You don't have to understand it. But don't limit what God wants to do in your life by focusing on my path or fo even focusing on your path. We focus on Jesus. The second observation I want to share with you <coughs> is that we're, we're following a person, not an ideal. When we're following Jesus, we're not following a, a, a grandeur, a, a glamorous ideal. Now, ideals are fine. God celebrates ideas. Uh, somebody had an idea one day, or we wouldn't be sitting in this building right here. I mean, God celebrates ideas. Ideas are fine, you know. But let me, let, me, let me explain it. Peter, don't you worry about John. You follow me. Don't worry about what I just said about John. I can keep him alive as long as I want to. Don't worry about that. Just, Peter, follow me. Follow me. <clears throat> So my marriage is in trouble. Uh, I think we're going to start going to church. We, that's, that's what our marriage needs. Right, we, we need to just get in church. Uh, that'll solve. It, that's a good idea. <coughs> Let me tell you what your marriage needs. Church is good. I'm an advocate for church. But what your marriage needs it's to follow Jesus. Church is good, but you're not following an idea. It'd be a good idea, you know, to get back in church. It'd be a good idea. No, what you need to do is follow Jesus. We're having trouble with our kids, and so <clears throat> I'm going to get them in church. I think it'd be a good idea to get them in church, get them in small group, get them in Children's ministry, well, small group and children's ministry is good. But what your kids need is to follow Jesus. And they need to see their parents following Jesus. We follow a person, not just an ideal. The third observation is... We are following, when you're following Jesus, we're following somebody with a strong will. I mean a strong desire, a purpose, a will. God has a will for your life, and when we follow Jesus, we've got to follow Jesus. It's not on today, off tomorrow. It's following Jesus.
It's going his way. Not taking breaks. Not taking Sundays off. Not taking weeks off. But it's following Jesus. Jesus was trying to convey this concept to to Peter. Peter, you follow. Don't worry about John. Follow me. Jesus walks up to me and he says, all right, let better. Come on. I'm coming, Lord. I'll be right there. No, I'm talking about right now. All right, well, come on. I'm following. Oh, oh, you mean go that way? Oh, okay. All right, well, I will just this one time. You know, I'm, I'm a work in progress, Jesus. Be patient with me. The next day comes. Jesus says, okay, let's go. You mean again? You mean today? All right. All right. Okay, I will. 20 years later, somebody says to you, how did you do it? How, how did you hang in there? Because I followed Jesus. And it's, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's, it, you, you, you say yes to him. And you say, all right, Lord, wherever you lead, I'm going to follow. And I'm going to actually, literally, physically, visibly follow you one step at a time. I love how John closed out the book. It says that this is the last, the the very last of the Gospel of John. He said, Jesus did many other things as well. Three short years of Jesus' public ministry. John starts with the marriage feast in Cana of Galilee. We read in in the Gospel of John where Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, you must be born again. And, And then 21 chapters later, three years later, Jesus did many other things as well. You ever thought about that? We just have a little bit of a picture of Jesus, right? But John tells us he did a lot of other stuff. Okay? If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And so Jesus is telling Peter, I am asking you, Would you trade your safe plans for following me? You know what? The safest place that you can possibly be is following Jesus. What if I go on an airplane and it crashes? So? I don't think God's going to crash an airplane just because you said... Yes, to go on a mission trip. The safest place you could possibly be is following Jesus. 
If it's working in the parking lot, it followed Jesus. If it's serving on North Star Kids, follow Jesus. That's a pretty dangerous place, North Star Kids, amen? But the safest place you can be is following Jesus one step at a time. You, you mean this way, Lord? Yes, led better. I mean this way. Tomorrow comes, okay, I'm going to do it again. Tuesday comes, I'm going to do it again. And before you know it, you'll look back and you'll realize that those steps that you took in faithfulness and following Jesus made a difference in your life. Do you believe that he is more superior, that he is more beautiful, and that he is more sufficient than follow Jesus? Yes, and if it means to go on the other side of the world to share the gospel, follow Jesus. Yes, if it means getting your family together and saying, we are going to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for how um, clear you were to Peter of what's most important in life. Thank you for, by your spirit living within us, that we are able to, to follow you day by day, week by week, year by year. I believe I'm, I'm talking to some people today that have never followed Jesus. You've gone to church, you've gone through the motions, you've become religious to an extent, but you've never said, Jesus, I'm following you. Would you make that declaration from your heart today? And you can, you can say it as a prayer, but it, it's nothing magical about praying a prayer. Following Jesus is something that you declare. Would you say this from your heart, Lord Jesus, I, I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that he rose again on the third day. I repent of my sins. I turn from my sins and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart, forgive me. And right now today, I declare this, that I'm putting my trust in you and in you alone. Today, I follow Jesus. Maybe as a Christ follower, you've taken some times off. 
today is the day that you say, Jesus, I'm, I'm following you afresh. I'm following you again. I want to pray for everyone, so please stand with me. Father, I pray for every person listening. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for life change to occur. I pray for those that are on the fence who are still trying to make up their mind if they're going to follow you. You don't force anybody to follow you. You desire for us to follow you. And I pray for that person that's, that needs to make that decision today or that just a few moments ago made that decision. I pray for believers that are listening, God, that you would help us. It's not always smooth sailing, we know that. But God, help us to be faithful in taking that next step of following you. Lord, I pray your blessings on every person, and I pray, God, your strength and your help. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name.